I want to talk to you today about the, the account of Ruth and, and Boaz and, of course, Naomi. And it is a great love story, even though it's set in the dark ages between um, kings and, and judges. Um, incidentally, at the end of the judges period, the foolish Israelites asked God and told God they wanted a king to rule over them. And God sent a message to um, Samuel the prophet and said, and of course I paraphrase this, God said, I'll send you a king, but you think the judges were bad, wait till you get a king. He's going to be worse than they were. So the book of Ruth is a very inspiring love story of love and dedication and faith set between two very rough times for the Israelites. One other thing I didn't mention uh, Reverend Holland uh, told us last week at the beginning of the sermon that he's going to let us out early, but then for some reason he changed his mind. So I almost said I can't make up for that today. <laughs> I'll get even with him. Uh, ten years prior to this story, a man called Emelech and his wife and two sons went from Bethlehem to Moab to avoid a great famine that took place there. And shortly afterwards... Emelech died, and his wife and Naomi found local wives for the two sons. But not long afterward, those two sons also passed away. So it left Naomi with two daughters, two daughters-in-law. When she heard that the famine had ended, she decided to return to her home in Bethlehem. Her two daughters-in-law insisted on going with her on this journey. But after Naomi explained the facts of life to Orpah and Ruth, Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye and returned to Moab. The long kiss goodbye, I guess. Um, let's look at the scripture in the book of Ruth, Ruth 1, 16 through 19. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. Thus may the Lord do to me, and worse, if anything but death, part you and me. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. So they both went until they came to Bethlehem. This sort of gives you a, a, an idea that between verse 18 and 19 that there's nothing there to explain that it was a long, arduous journey from Moab to Bethlehem. It's 50 miles through some very rough terrain. Um, But as they journeyed through this terrain, you remember the story about the uh, Good Samaritan, um, how the man was on the road to Jericho and was robbed and beaten and left to die in the, on the roadside? Well, this is the kind of thing that these two women were going to face when they journeyed from Moab to Bethlehem. Here are two women on the road of very rough terrain, uh, 50 miles of, to go through, 
and face bandits and snakes and an assortment of dangerous animals along the way. And, and these two ladies were walking all the way. The only way they had to go was to walk wearing sandals and dresses or whatever they wore in those days. Um, and I can tell you a little bit about what it's like to be barefooted on rough roads. When I was growing up as a young man in Rich Valley, Virginia, and if you don't know where Rich Valley is, I'm going to tell you. You know where Hungry Mother State Park is? Well, across that mountain from, from the park is Rich Valley. And across the mountain from there, you get into Tazewell, and that's where our new pastor's wife is from, from Tazewell. At any rate, during the summer, we always went barefooted. We didn't have any paved roads. They were all gravel roads. And barefooted on those kind of roads would cause you to have stone bruises. And if you've never had one, I can tell you, they're painful. It hurts. So this was the kind of thing that these two women were facing um, when they traveled on this journey to, to Bethlehem. And I just wanted you to have a little insight about what it was like to go that far in those days. Um, I believe that Naomi spent a lot of time on this journey to instruct Ruth on the things that she needed to know to become a Jewish woman, and there was a lot. Um, Ruth is a, a Moabite practicing a very different religion from being a Jewish woman. Um, now let's look at what happened when they finally get to their destination in Bethlehem. Um, and when they come to Bethlehem, all the cities stirred because of them, and the women said, Is this Naomi? She said to them, Do not call me Naomi. Call me Myra, for the Almighty had dealt very bitterly with me. She asked them to call her by a different name because... Naomi means pleasant in the Hebrew, and Myra means bitter. And Naomi has become very bitter because of what's happened to her in life. And she's going to launch into a pity party about how once she had everything, she had a nice home and uh, two sons and a husband, and, and now she has nothing because the Lord has dealt bitterly with her. Um, on the other hand, Ruth went to work in the grain field for Boaz. Boaz turned out to be her kinsman redeemer. And some of the other workers in the field told Boaz what a hard worker Ruth had been. And she gained his favor right away. Boaz began to show Ruth favor and kindness. And I believe at this point that Boaz began to fall in love with Ruth. Now you all know this story. You, you've read it and heard it many times before. And you know about Ruth and Boaz, how he did redeem her. He instructed the other workers to favor her by making it easier for her to collect grain from the field. He told them to purposely drop grain and leave grain behind so Ruth could glean it from the fields. It was a difficult time for both Ruth and Naomi. Um, they went from having everything they needed to abstract poverty and having to grain, gather grain from the fields. Um, but because of the generosity of Boaz, they both fared very well. There are many lessons to be learned from the book of Ruth. Let's just look at just a few of them this morning. A few things we can glean from this book. First of all, loss is difficult. It's difficult to lose someone that you love. 
good friend, a husband or a wife, a family member. But God in his mercy gives us strength to go through these times. I've often wondered what people do who are without God in their life. How do they get through these times of tragedy? How do they get over losing a mother or father or husband or wife or a child? Um, and I just can't imagine what it would be like to have that great loss and not have God to comfort you and give you strength and courage. Um, keep the commandments. Orpha decided to stay in Moab, but Ruth said, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Stay faithful to God. Incidentally, there's been many songs and poems written from these words of Ruth in this chapter. Third thing we can learn is get to work. Do everything as if it were for God. Ruth's work habits did not go unnoticed. Uh, the workers said to Boaz, she's been at it steady ever since, from early this morning until now, without so much as a break. Ruth was a hard worker. Good work habits are and it being a tribute to your life. Character matters. Boaz had been told how devoted Ruth had been to Naomi. Uh, Boaz said to her, uh, all that you have done for your mother-in-law after the death of your husband has been fully reported to me and how you left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and came to a people you did not previously know. People in the community know about your character. <laughs> they might know about what kind of a character you are. Do you believe that people in your community, in your neighborhood, do you believe that they talk about you? Do you believe that they know whether or not you go to church? And do you believe that they know how you act outside of church? And do you believe that they form all sorts of opinions about you? Character matters. The things that you do in your life matter. How you treat people in your daily life matters. And people do talk about you. Make everything you do be for the love of God. Ruth and Boaz were blessed in their efforts to do the right thing. Through his acts of kindness and his willingness to become a vessel of God, Boaz became the great-great-grandfather of King David. And you know that that led to the lineage of the birth of Christ. Later, Jesus will say to us in John 13, 34, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. You told us to love our neighbor as ourself. Can you love your neighbor as yourself? I would suggest to you, if you have a good neighbor who never throws anything on your side of the fence, who never blows his leaves in your yard, who never lets his grass fall into your side of the yard. If you have a good neighbor that does everything that you want him to do, it's easy to love your neighbor. But what about when they don't do those things? Or what about when you get cut off in traffic? Do you love that person that cut you off? 
Or do you lose your witness and give him all sorts of sign language and call him all sorts of names? Um, and But the greatest love story in Scripture is told in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him would have everlasting life. We have everlasting life because of the sacrifice that Christ made for us on the cross. If you hear nothing else that I say today, remember this. God loves you so much that he gave his son for our life. Will you pray with me? Merciful Father, we thank you for every family who's represented here. We thank you, Lord, for each person who's came out in the damp morning to hear your word, Lord, to attend this service. We ask you now, Lord, to bless us, be merciful to us. We pray, Lord, that you will cause your light to shine upon us. May your word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Keep us, Lord, in your care. And bring us back, Lord, at the right time and place. We pray these in all things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.